In a world with too much pop culture to consume, one man and one woman will argue about it until they get bored. It's an epic battle between obsession and indifference, and the winner will determine... Well, very little, actually. Eric Johnson and Emily Jones star in Giant Geek vs. Mega Noob. Whoever wins, we're still losers. Welcome to Giant Geek vs. Mega Noob, the podcast where we argue about something one of us is totally obsessed with. And the other has never even seen. I'm Eric Johnson. And I'm Emily Jones. If this is your first time listening, you can find more Giant Geek vs. Mega Noob at gvnpodcast.com. And you can also find all of our past episodes on iTunes and Google Play Music. Today, we're starting our two-part Christmas special. Woo! Woo! We're going to be watching two holiday stop-motion films, and as always, you should watch along with us. First up is one of Eric's favorite Christmas movies, 1993's The Nightmare Before Christmas. Yes. Directed by Henry Selleck, it features music by Danny Elfman and stars Chris Sarandon as Jack Skellington, the king of Halloween Town who develops an obsession with Christmas. And I have never seen this movie. Which I'm amazed at. Like, I mean, I know... I'm a little amazed at it, too. Like, it's been around my whole... Not my whole life, but most of my life. I've been aware of it, but, like... And you've seen, like, most of the traditional Disney movies, or maybe all of them, you know, all of the ones that came out in the 90s. I know we've talked before about your obsession with uh, Pocahontas and, and others, you know. So this was kind of like the the weird side of Disney. This is where they uh, put this out, and they still, like, played on TV a lot, and they made a lot of merchandise about it. But I feel like this kind of often gets grouped into, like, a different set of Disney musicals, just because it's a little bit darker. Yeah, I didn't know that it was Disney, um at all and I know very little about it actually I mean like obviously I'm very familiar with what Jack Skellington looks like you know and I've seen like some images like that image where he's like on top of a curling thing yep that's Um, that's the poster or the main image of it yeah but that's that's kind of it like I really don't know anything about I've always been unclear on whether it's a Christmas or a Halloween movie too because I've never seen it so I don't know what's going on even after you've seen it, you'll be unclear on that one. So. <laughs> All right, so let, let's go watch this. Uh, everyone else uh, can also go watch it. And in order to do that, uh, I pulled up where you, you can stream it. Uh, it's available on Amazon, iTunes, Google Play, and Vudu. All those places you can rent it for 3 bucks. Uh, or, of course, you can also buy it, or you can buy the DVD or Blu-ray, if you so choose. It's also probably, uh, they, they play this movie on TV a lot, so... <laughs> Look around, see see if you can find it on TV, and uh, yeah, however you go about it, go watch this movie. Boys and girls of every age, wouldn't you like to see something strange? Come with us and you will see. This our town of Halloween. This is Halloween. This is Halloween. Pumpkins scream in the dead of night. This is Halloween. Everybody make a scene. Trick or treat. Tell the neighbors on a diaphragm. It's our town. Everybody's and we're back. We just watched The Nightmare Before Christmas. Uh, before we get to what I thought of this, I don't know if it's a Christmas or a Halloween movie. Um, Eric, why do you love it so much? Neither do I. I have no idea. <laughs> um, so I uh, I think the thing that um, is so 
incredibly amazing about this movie. In addition to all of the uh, weird places it goes with the holidays and all, all the story and the musical stuff, which you know we, we I'm sure we'll get into. But I am always, always impressed when someone's able to do really good stop-motion animation. Yeah. I just love the fluidity and the creativity and just the clear, like, over-the-top attention to detail throughout this movie. I realize those are kind of, I guess, two separate things, the the animation and then, like, the detailing and the kind of the world-building. But, like, I feel like it all comes together in this movie in a way well, that it, it never really does. Well, there's not always this much does. attention to detail in stop-motion stuff because, like, yeah. obviously, it ta- it's... It, arduous to to do stop motion animation so like there isn't the always ass, yeah. this much like shit happening in the background it's it is impressive yeah um and so i mean you look at things like the way that that jack moves throughout the world i mean like um i was really noticing this time around just because i was taking notes as, as we often find how we kind of pick up on things yeah. when, we're, when we're actively note taking on these movies um like during what's this where he kind of swoops into the children's bedroom in christmas town it's like this amazing like acrobatic feat that's also you can imagine you know if you saw that thing coming up on you you would be terrified this 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 spider-like you know slender man type thing oh yeah i thought the kids were gonna wake up and be terrified but i guess they were saving that for the yeah. the christmas attempt um no the, the way that... montage of snakes eating christmas trees <laughs> and reeves menacing old ladies yeah that was pretty funny the way that jack um the way that jack moves is really like elegant and beautiful it's like he's very striking with those like long skinny like spindly legs and arms it's he, really he's cool he's like a ballet dancer yeah yeah i also um so this is not really related. I'm just thinking about it because he has... I'll send you a picture of it um, slash, I guess, post a picture maybe on our blog uh, when I'm home for Christmas because my mom has a Santa collection um, and it's it's pretty impressive and she has a lot of like really kind of like unusual, unique Santas. Um, but one of them happens to be... He's this like super, super skinny Santa with this like very, very long, skinny legs and arms that like but it's not Jack no it's not jack skellington just... at all it's like a it's like a sort of folksy santa he's in like a green plaid outfit i think but i'll send you huh. i'll send you a picture of him he's got like similar like long incredibly long <laughs> legs that she has to like carefully position it's pretty cool anyway that's not really related but no the way he moves is really incredible yeah, so, I mean, that's just kind of, I had to pick one thing. I, I think that kind of, um, I, I, we can get into all my other things, but before I just go run away with this podcast, uh, what did you think of The Nightmare Before Christmas? I liked it. It was um, it was fun, really? and I like, um, I don't know, I like a lot of the sort of concepts in it. I spent a lot of the time, like, really preoccupied because I there were, like, two specific things that I felt, like, really, really reminded me of something, and I couldn't put my finger on what it was. Okay. Um. So Jack's like opening song where he's expressing like I'm super great at scaring people, but like I want to do something else. Like I feel like there's more. And since I am dead, I can take off my head to recite Shakespearean quotations. No animal, no man can scream like I can with the fury of my recitation. That like that rung a bell and like I felt like there's something else in the universe that's like that but I couldn't think of what it was the closest thing I could come up with was was the opening number in Beauty and the Beast but it's not because yeah now Beauty and the Beast she she wants out of the small town she, right. she doesn't well and like that's, she's not a well that that kind of like that kind of like 
you know, I'm thinking of like the lines about like there must be more than this provincial life. Like that was like, but it's not really that. It's, right. it's something else. And I can't put my finger on what it is that it reminds me of. And I was also really reminded of the whole thing where like he loves Christmas so much uh, and he wants to try and do Christmas. But like every time he tries, he just kind of like he kind of screws up and it like everything keeps like accidentally turning into, you know, sinister Halloween things, even though he's like trying really hard, like when he makes the snowflake and it looks like a bat, like yeah. all that kind of stuff. And it's like, again, the closest thing I could think of, and this makes a lot of sense because Tim Burton was, you know, Edward Scissorhands has yeah. a little bit of that, but I don't think it's Edward Scissorhands that I'm thinking of. Like, I feel like there's something else where like somebody's mm. like trying to do something, but like every time they touch it, they ruin it. Does that sound familiar to you? <laughs> Um, so the first thing that comes to mind after Edward Scissorhands for me, I mean, obviously this movie owes a lot to How the Grinch Stole Christmas, yeah. and so especially the TV adaptation of, of that. Um, so that sort of comes to mind, but, it's, but he's not adapting it. He's just stealing it. Um, yeah, and it's not like he's like, he isn't, like the Grinch isn't like trying to do something and failing. He's like, right. Not fa- he's I, succeeding. <laughs> yeah. He's succeeding at the thing that he wants to do. I don't know. So that, that, that's not really necessarily like fodder for discussion, but if you think of anything else, like the, that's kind of bot, and that was kind of distracting. I, I think throughout. you're right though. I, t- I totally <laughs> do think there is something that's like that. And now it's going to be bugging me. It's, and, it's, yeah. And it's like, I don't even know. It could be like a folktale or something like it's almost King yeah. Midas, but it's not quite King Midas. Like, no. I don't know. I can't think of it. But anyway, that was kind of distracting me a well, little th- bit. Well, the thing that I noticed on this viewing uh, about your first point about um, the his I Want song and kind of, you know, getting out, what, what does that remind you of? And it's not Beauty and the Beast. Um, I was actually thinking of Moana this time, the, the new oh, a Disney little bit, movie. Yeah. Because she's like a really good leader. That's something that everyone's been talking about with this movie is that she's the, you know, the leader to be, but she's not running away from, you know, being scared of it. She's actually like really good at it and she seems to enjoy it. And it's wants to do this other thing too yeah exactly she 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 has desires other than the one that she happens to be good at and her the lot in life she already has um so i kind of felt a little bit like that where he you know starts off the the movie in a position of he's he's the king and he's good at and he seems to get some pleasure out of it but he wants something new Um, yeah well yeah and that's actually and this is a little bit of a tangent but um but i did Read and I think I sent you a link to uh, an interview with Lin Manuel Miranda where he talked about uh, writing the lyrics for Moana and. Uh, know, I'm sorry, you did not send this to me, and I'm offended that you didn't. <laughs> I am. I am 99 sure that I sent it to you. Okay, I think maybe it was, you sent it to me, and I just didn't see it. <laughs> yeah, I think I. I, I'm I'm fairly certain that I did. But, but um, a bit of behind the scenes. Ever since our Hamilton episode, we about daily share Lin Manuel Miranda related ephemera uh, with each yeah, other. It's it's, it's a, a problem. It's a thing. Um, yeah, no, I'm I'm pretty sure that I sent it to you. Uh, but anyway, he talks <laughs> about um, writing the lyrics for Moana and how he felt he really related to that um, thing that 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 quality of her "I Want" song, where it's like it's not like she hates. Uh, hates where she is. She actually really likes where she is and she likes her people and she likes her family, but like she's also called to the sea and he compared that to like his own childhood. But he very, the reason I'm bringing it up is because he also very specifically said in that interview, he referenced Beauty and the Beast and said, you know, her thing is not, there must be more than this provincial life. It's, I really like my life and I'm happy here, but I'm also called to do something else. Like, that's a good point. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, we're way we've we've way way digressed from yeah. <laughs> from the nightmare before Christmas, which um which yeah, I, I over overall I really liked it. Um 
I I don't know the songs to me like um I mean they were they were like good but also it kind of just sounded a little bit like the same song over and over again like I could see that well I mean there's certain exactly, a lot of not motifs exactly the, and not exactly the same songs but just some just kind of like it, they sounded really really similar to me such that like yeah it was it was more just like people kept picking up and singing like their own little thing <laughs> on the the song that was like running throughout the whole well, there, there's kind of like two instruments that kind of crop up in like every song where you have sort of the the jingle bell like piano uh and you also have the kind of either bassoon or or, or tuba or whatever that's that You know, so there's kind of this this dissonance, which is I think a motif throughout um, a lot of the songs. Is you have this like creepy low note mixed up with this Christmassy high note, and yeah, that does get reused I think in, in several several tracks. Yeah, and they're also just like like lyrically, like they're all kind of they're all kind of like wordy and sort of like you know. I am singing along and I am saying what I feel and I am saying what I'm doing and this is how we do a thing. And that's kind of like what almost all of there was. I feel like there was maybe one Sally song toward the end and then the, yeah. the Boogeyman song were different. And if you aren't shaking, there's something very wrong. Cause this may be the last time you hear the Boogie song. I don't know they sounded different they had sort of like a little bit of a a little bit of a voice and a perspective to them but for the most part the songs were kind of again they all were kind of plodding along and singing <laughs> things yeah, yeah. Well, i mean i think the uh the two in particular would be uh jack's obsession where he's like doing a lot of scientific experiments and then making christmas which are kind of you know two part two halves of a whole um there where where you have you know just the Here's me thinking through the the thing. Now here's us doing the thing after I've thought it through. So it's sort of there, you know. It's, yeah, it's... but like those those didn't sound that distinct to me from like, and I've heard this is Halloween before. Um, yeah. But and you know that has a little more to it because they do periodically say like this is Halloween. But <laughs> um, but even like his initial like his initial I want song and um. And the thing where he's discovering Christmas, like, sounded. Yeah. I mean, like, I realized that they're different songs, and he, you know, he's saying different things in them. But like, they stylistically, they sounded so similar to me that it, it, it I don't know, it, it didn't feel like distinct songs to me on a first watch. And I was kind of like, oh, okay, we're doing this yeah. thing again, where we're narrating what we're feeling. Yay! I, I will say that, yeah, kind of. Um, Which I realize someone... is a weird thing for me to be saying as the one in this pair <laughs> who usually likes musicals. No, it's, I mean, the thing is, like, I think because you are the bigger fan of musicals, I think you have a bit more credibility to criticize them than I do. Like, I can say, like, I didn't like these songs in The Music Man, but it's like, eh, who cares? <laughs> the songs you didn't like in The Music Man are pretty solid picks, though, for the most part. Shapoopy. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah, no one likes Shapoopy. Uh, except for Seth MacFarlane. Anyway, um, so, yeah, I, I will say that the... There is one really big problem that I have with what's this, um, and that is that it's a major grammatical error. He says the smell the of cakes and pies. Are absolutely everywhere. 
if uh, this is just a free grammar lesson for all our podcast listeners, the verb should modify the noun in the sentence, which is smell, which is singular. So it should be the smell Patrick. of cakes and pies is absolutely everywhere, or it could be the smells of cakes and pies are absolutely everywhere. The way it is written, however, it, it's a it's a permanent stain on that song for me. And Subject, I notice verb it, agreement, folks. Subject, I notice it agreement. every time. It always annoys me, and I just I wish they would release just a new version of the soundtrack with that <laughs> one line fixed. Just just putting that out there, Danny Elfman, if if you're listening, <laughs> please do that. Subject verb agreement. The more you know, star goes across the screen. And moving <laughs> dun, on. Dun 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 dun. <laughs> and anyway, so I kind of opened with criticisms, um, but overall, like I said, like I did like it. I really I, I like this concept of like a grove in the woods that has like little tree yeah. portals to different holidays um and it makes you kind of wish that they had done like you know you had seen thanksgiving or st patrick's yeah. day or valentine's yeah, day yeah it's know? like it's a shame to me that we only saw the easter bunny come back like um like it would have been cool to see easterland or it would have been cool to see like it would have gotten really repetitive if they had done it like a million right. times but it would have been pretty funny to see the the little henchman bring back like a leprechaun or something and like <laughs> then finally find i don't know like that that because that was like an entertaining gag and like the terrified easter bunny like that was i i liked that a lot bunny. Um, <laughs> also uh right from the outset like this place is freaking terrifying like yep. <laughs> like whoa crazy scary place well, that's the thing about the, this Halloween song, though, is it sets up, it's you know, so that's scary. our job, but we're not mean, you know, <laughs> I, which I feel like is, um, it, it is really funny that well, most it's like the of Adam's the... Family. Yeah, exactly. It's very Adam's family like it, or the monsters or or that sort of idea of just like it's or or, or the haunted mansion at Disneyland where it's it's creepy and, you know, it's uh, uh, what's the sign? They're creepy and they're creepy, spooky? kooky, altogether kooky. kooky. I, I, man, it's been a long time. But um, <laughs> I just watched uh, Adam's Family Values as part of my Thanksgiving watching things marathon because of the Thanksgiving play that they put on at the summer camp. I have never so. seen Adam's Family Values what? for the record. Yeah. Okay, yeah. next Thanksgiving, that's what yep. we're watching. <laughs> <laughs> we know what we're watching. Stay tuned. Um, but anyway, it's it's that sort of idea of things can be scary and also fun and. Um, to that end, it's actually something that now that you've seen this, you have to go to – I don't know if they do it in Florida. I know for a fact they do it in California. But every year, um, Disney turns the Haunted Mansion into a Nightmare Before Christmas ride. They basically take Whoa. the existing ride with all of the ghosts and all that, and they convert it into Halloween Town. So basically Ooh. they uh, they turn, you know, the – how long has it been since you've been to, to Disneyland? Like a long time, I'm guessing. Um, I want to say my sixth birthday. Yeah, so a long time. So more than twenty years. And that, yeah, I'm not going to go into detail then, but I will just say that it is one. If you are, if you do at least like this movie, it is a can't miss sort of sort of thing. It is so cool. I um I do not love the haunted mansion because the ride portion of it does the thing I am most scared of, um, which is make you fall backwards. <laughs> I remember um, that, yeah. Yeah, no, I remember that's that's the thing. I was little and I don't have that many distinct memories from Disney World, but one of my most distinct memories from Disney World is in the like ballroom part where there's the ghosts waltzing above the dinner table or whatever. Yep. Um and y- you sort of come to the top of like a hill thing and then it's like, "Ooh, spooky scary. The thing turns around and then you go backwards down the like down the other side of the hill and I'm just like, "No. Yeah. No, I do not want that. I do not want that at all." 
and and I I've I've been on the ride so many times I can tell you that then as you're falling backwards you pass underneath a tree branch where there's a crow that's like you know calling at you a crow with red eyes the combination of those things freak me out um in yeah the, I've I've bl- I've blocked out everything else because the the sensation of falling backwards is terrifying <laughs> enough for me that I'm like not I don't I don't need anything else that's also um sadly because it's otherwise a stellar ride like that's also my issue with the hogwarts ride at wizarding worlds oh you mean the one where you're suspended where you're there's a uh, lot of being suspended backwards yeah yeah where the whomping willow kind of knocks you backwards and all that anyway i I prefer the green gods ride anyway um no well and back to the um though the uh the the idea about these sort of like endearingly creepy scary things yeah it also especially in that the, the opening this is halloween um it reminded me a little bit too of the the some of the like sort of chorus members in um, the Muppet Christmas Carol Cause, yeah, because yeah yeah Jim Henson is really good at or the Muppets are really good since Muppet Christmas Carol is not actually Jim Henson but right. the Muppets in general are very good at at those same kind of like indistinctly like weirdly creepy things like so and so some of yeah. the little like little like street urchin things that are like singing along in uh in Ebenezer Scrooge, like it kind mm-hmm. of reminded me of of those things because it's a similar sort of just like bizarrely creative, creepy looking crawly monsters. I think I think when I first saw this this movie, yeah, I mean, I was like you know creeped out by it, and it, it is w- w- one of these sorts of things where um, just from familiarity of having listened to the soundtrack a million times and having seen this movie slightly less than a million times, um, you know, it 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 is funny how. There's all these like creepy creatures, and the only one who is supposedly bad is Oogie Boogie. Like for for whatever reason, this this, this one guy is like the one who's like you know amoral or or immoral. <laughs> well, it seems like he actually kills people, and everybody yeah. else just scares people. Right. It was kind but, of what I got from it. Yeah, but but it's kind of like so why why does he why is he allowed to just like keep on going there? Like everyone knows that he kills people, and he's just like allowed to allowed to stay by himself where everyone knows where he apparently lives because Jack runs right to his house. <laughs> it's, yeah. Um, I don't know. Dubious. I'm not very, not very familiar with the, the laws of Halloween Town. Yeah. Um, um, although it is funny to me that this is like all about a place that's Halloween Town because like Halloween Town to me is those Disney Channel original movies about Halloween yep. Town. <laughs> yep. Which I think came out after this. Oh yeah, so, I'm so pretty sure they did. They totally stole the name. Um, um, but uh, it was, I was, um oh just i don't know for some reason like most of my experience of watching this was like weird cultural resonance things uh yeah. so i'm about to do another one although this was one that i actually <laughs> figured out what it reminded me of oh. um probably in part because i've watched it recently uh is the the whole the whole thing but it's particularly once jack is actually like delivering the presents and stuff very much reminded me of the Futurama conception of Christmas, which I love so yeah. much. The um and for for the uninitiated, Xmas. yeah, future on Futurama they don't have Christmas, they have Xmas because by uh by the what is it the thirtieth century that Futurama set in, um, Santa is a robot, but something is wrong with his like processor or whatever that determines naughty and nice, and it puts everyone on the naughty list. Finds a way <laughs> to put everybody on the naughty list. So Santa is like evil, and all of Xmas is spent, you know battling and santa, santa and <laughs> yeah and the gifts that people give each other are like rocket launchers to protect protect themselves from santa yeah. it's it's just a lot of they do they have a lot of fun with it as futurama tends to 
the Futurama Christmas episodes, sorry, Xmas episodes are are some of my favorites of, of the whole series. Yes, like, I love I just, them. Uh, not not least because John Goodman is Santa, which is just you know <laughs> lovely casting. <laughs> it is. It is robot Santa. Um, so obviously that was something that I enjoyed as as a big Futurama fan and fan of the Futurama Xmas episodes. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean this is kind of like. Um, so as as you notice, this is called Tim Burton's Nightmare Before Christmas, and the whole thing was based on a poem that I think he had written maybe when he was in college, something like that. Okay. Um, so I'm not exactly sure when he wrote the poem, but I feel like this is like one of the earlier kind of twisted adaptations of Christmas. Like I'm trying to think of obviously this Grinch Before Christmas, which which is the classic one. That's the you know that the book's from what the 60s or 70s. Oh yeah, it's been I um, well no, the the TV thing is from then. I don't the book I don't know when the book is from. Let me find yeah, out. I'm looking it up. I feel like since this movie especially there's been a lot of um a lot a lot more of sort of I don't know if it's like postmodern or what was actually 1957 called. was the book. Yeah. Okay. Um but like I, I I don't know I I, f- I feel like the uh, kind of twisted takes on Christmas have 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 intensified and in the you know the I feel like there've been a, a lot more of like things like this I mean I guess I'm partially thinking of like the live action Grinch who stole Christmas movie yeah yeah I didn't I didn't Ooh. see that um, Ooh, I never do it's so awful really oh um you got I have the Futurama stuff I guess you have all of the various Simpsons Christmas episodes like I, I don't know yeah it, it no just... no sorry I've been silent now because I'm trying to think of of like like twisted or dark Christmas that that would predate this yeah um and I'm kind of struggling yeah no I can't I can't think of much yeah. I mean I wouldn't be surprised if there's something but well and I don't know because also... most of the most of the Christmas fair you know that I know and i'm familiar with is is very like sunny and warm and hugs and christmas yeah i actually found one example to disprove my earlier uh, uh statement uh the song grandma got run over by a reindeer is from Ooh. 1979 what a so terrible song it's later than later than than most christmas fair but still predating <laughs> this um yeah there's also um, a weird owl song about santa going crazy that one's kind of messed up <laughs> Yeah, well, and I have to say, I mean, that gets it. That's a, it's it's interesting that you bring up the the this sort of twisted dark side of Christmas thing because, like, yeah, ultimately, I have to say, like that 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 might be the thing that would keep me from like like continuing to re like rewatching this, like making it part of my like annual Christmas rotation, kind of like what what would exactly? Um, I don't know. Like, I'm as much as I love the Futurama Xmas episodes, like. I don't know. I'm not necessarily the biggest fan of like the the, the dark, like yeah. the dark twisty Christmas. It's like you know what? I'm I'm like corny and like <laughs> like I guess kind of a sucker. But like you know what? I love like the friggin' corny children's Christmas specials, and I love Love Actually, even though it's like deeply controversial. Which I know you haven't seen. It's on our list. It's for on some our list. Future future Christmas special for this. <laughs> As already well established, I'm obsessed with the Muppet Christmas Carol and yes. like. You See know. last year's Christmas episode of this show for 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 more on that topic. Yes, uh, you know, and I love I love It's a Wonderful Life, which like it doesn't get cornier than It's a Wonderful Life. You know, Gosh, like I didn't know I had so many friends. <laughs> <laughs> so like I don't know I I, I guess I kind of like my Christmas like sort of sappy. Yeah. Um, although I will say, I mean, it was I I I. I 
I will say that was a thought I was having like while I was watching it. And then the conclusion that it ultimately came to, I was like, oh, okay, yeah. Because <laughs> Santa still got to like deliver Christmas. And, you know, what they were yeah. really missing all along was love. Which I, <laughs> so that's, that's something I can get on board with. And like that might might bring me back to it at some point but one thing that i that i made note of during this and i and i always think about this whenever whenever i watch it but uh the song jack's lament the one where he's in the graveyard after he's been shot down um can i just say how much i love this song because this is just a pure monologue song where he just goes from like i've screwed everything up there's no hope and he talks himself into saying no i was right all along it was was really they they just didn't get it but (laughs) (laughs) never And nobody really understood well how could they that all I ever wanted was to bring them something great. Why does nothing ever turn out like it should? Well, what the heck I went and did my best and by God I really tasted something swell. That's right. The, the song just makes me laugh every time just because he's so completely turned by his own just monologuing to himself. <laughs> he, he, he goes goes a complete 180 just from convincing himself that, you know, well, look, I, hey, I tried. It's all right. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that that was also a fun twist. I mean, I will say it's not it is not an entirely predictable movie, which is nice because a lot of yeah. things are, especially, again, in this world of of Christmas fair. I mean, most of them you can really you can predict where things are going like yeah uh, and I mean, so it, that was that was many, a fun sort of twist to it I, I i wonder if someone has ever made a tally of how many albums of like christmas albums that come out every year are just the exact same songs like i think i think part of the thing about christmas is like there it's are not that many songs by design yeah like there, <laughs> there's just so many songs that were hits in the 40s and 50s that we've just kept on repeating and covering a million times over um, and I mean, like, I don't mind it. Well, as you know, again, offline, offline chatter, something I've been I've been, you know, relating to Eric outside of the podcast is I spend a lot of time with a particular Pandora station that I created uh, that is it, with the intent of avoiding Christmas songs that I don't like. Um, and therefore, it's uh, I, I base the station on the Nat King Cole version of the Christmas song, Chestnuts Roasting on Open Fire, etc. Mm-hmm. Uh, and because of that. It's like ninety percent, you know, your 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 mid century crooners. Um, you know, it's it's Nat King Cole and it's Bing Crosby, Frank Sinatra, Andy Williams, Perry Como, uh Burr Lives. Yeah, Burr Lives, Johnny Mathis, like all those guys. Uh and also Ella Fitzgerald and um, you know, several other women. There's one with Bing Crosby and the Andrews sisters that's charming. Hmm. Um anyway, you know, it's them and they're all doing like this Dean Martin, uh doing like like the same maybe dozen songs right. just over and 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 over with and different arrangements. Talking, <laughs> and we've also been talking offline about uh, the Leslie Adam Jr. Christmas album, which Ooh, is yes. like lovely covers that are not that different from covers that you've heard before. Like he's, he's a very good singer, but he didn't really do anything new with. with well, <laughs> well, but the thing is like, I, and again, I, this is my, my like Christmas sentimentalism is coming yeah, out. Exactly. Like, honestly, I don't like it when people try to do like crazy things and with, <laughs> you know, like when some, when some like pop singer comes out with a Christmas album where they cover like the classic Christmas songs, but with like, 
their weird poppy nasally voices or like yep. a lot of melisma or like like the Taylor Swift version of Santa Baby. Ugh. No. <laughs> Earth I haven't kid. heard it, but it sounds like I shouldn't. No, it's just <laughs> dumb and pointless. And it's just like, no, there's no reason to listen to Santa Baby other than Eartha Kit. Like I don't <laughs> I don't see why we're even bothering to cover this. And so that's actually something I really like about about the Leslie Odom Jr. Christmas album is like, you know what? He's not trying to do too much. He's just like, hey, this is hello. This is a Christmas album. This is me with my voice, which is lovely, singing these songs, which are also lovely, but not like, not like doing anything too fancy, just like singing the songs very well. That's all I want. That's all I want. You just want the same old Santa to deliver the presents. You don't don't need someone coming in and improvising over it. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. All of that. All right. Well, I think, uh, so this is the first part, as we mentioned at the start of a two-part claymation special. And next time we're going to get a taste of the good old-fashioned Santa Claus, if I'm not mistaken. We are, yes. Speaking of of corny, sentimental as hell, classic (laughs) Christmas nonsense, um, we are going to... After watching something that a lot of people actually respect as like a good solid film, uh, we're going to watch. <laughs> Enough of that bullshit. <laughs> we're going to watch uh, one of the Rankin and Bass stop motion Christmas specials that are on your television basically 24 hours a day up until, you know, obviously the, the Christmas story 24 hour day marathon. Of course. Um, we are going to watch Santa Claus is coming to town. All right. Uh, so that'll be, we're going to put this episode out, I think, on a Saturday, and so that'll be coming out tomorrow, yeah, tomorrow. Sunday, if you're Woo. listening to this day of. Um, so until then, Emily, until tomorrow, where else can we find you on the internet? I am on Twitter at EJ Reports. And I'm on Twitter at Hey Hey ESJ. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow. But until then, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. This has been Giant Geek vs. Mega Noob. For more, visit GVNPodcast.com.